Welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today we continue on a journey through a powerful series called God's Amazing Promises. In the upcoming lessons, you'll discover some of the most profound promises that God has made to you. And these promises are not mere words. They are keys to a renewed life, inner peace, and a hopeful future. But before we get started, have you ever felt you're made for something more or had a dream that just seemed out of reach? Then we've got the perfect resource for you. It's the brand new Created to Dream Journal. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part four of a message called God's Promises to You When You're Afraid of Failing. In today's world, we have made comparing an indoor sport. And we compare everything. Uh, and, and the number one cause of comparison today is social media. Because you look online, well, they just had a beautiful meal. I better have a beautiful meal. And they just bought some new clothes. I better buy some new clothes. And you know, they're showing their so-called perfect life, which is a total lie but everybody's trying to top each other in social media and my dog's cuter than your dog. And, 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 you know, and, and, and parents are now trying to compete through their kids and, and they, they get their own self-worth out of competing through their kids. Like, have you gone to a soccer game recently? I mean, you'd think it's the World Cup. Their, their dads on the sideline having heart attacks screaming at their children it's just a game. They're supposed to be having fun, not beating their brains out and, you know, kill that sucker. And, you know, I go, really? That comp competitive spirit comes from comparison. Now, the Bible warns over and over again that you are unique and you should never compare yourself to anybody else because there's nobody like you. You could compare submarines and tangerines because they sound alike, but they're totally different. And you are as different from somebody else as a submarine and a tangerine. You're, you're totally, when you get to heaven, God isn't gonna say, why aren't you more like somebody else? God made you to be you. So you refuse to compare yourself to other people. Uh, every time you do that, the fear of failure, what happens when you, have the, when you compare yourself to others? One of two things happens. One, you find somebody who's doing a better job than you or making more money than you, or is prettier than you, or whatever, and then you get discouraged. Or two, you find somebody you're doing a better job than, and you get full of pride. Either way, you're dead in the water. So God says, don't do it. You don't compare your lawns, don't compare your kids, don't compare your spouse, don't compare your house. Don't, don't, the Bible says it's dumb. Let me show you what scripture says. God made you unique, Galatians 6, 4. You should judge your own actions. In other words, it's okay to evaluate yourself by yourself, but never compare yourself with others. Then you can be proud for doing your best. In other words, without comparing yourself to anybody else. So he said it's legitimate. There's a legitimate kind of pride when you go, you know what, I did my best. Uh, it, it was maybe somebody did it better, it doesn't matter. I did my best. That's, you can be proud of that. That's a legitimate kind of pride. So you judge your own actions, but you never, never, never compare yourself to anybody else. You just gotta stop this. When you do start comparing yourself, would you 
agree that fear can make your imagination run wild? Have you ever had this happen? Yeah, you have, you're just not thinking about it. I, I remember one time years ago, I was in my early 30s and uh, the great preacher Billy Graham held a conference in Amsterdam in which he handpicked hand 13,000 world leaders to come to this conference. And he invited me to speak at it. I'm gonna speak after Billy Graham. And I'm barely out of my 20s. And it scared me spitless. I, I, I was scared and my mind started playing games with me and I got in a cold sweat and I started imagining how people might compare me to Billy Graham. And I'm going, what if I get up and I tell a joke and it doesn't translate in all these different languages and it just bombs? Or what if people start falling asleep on me? What if they start walking out on me? What if they start booing me in their own language? I don't even know if that's possible, but uh, I was just hyperventilating until I remembered a Bible verse. It's the next verse on your outline, and it's this, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. We don't dare to compare. We don't dare to compare or classify ourselves as some do. For when they measure themselves by one another, and compare themselves with one another. They are unwise, acting foolish. Do you realize that anytime you compare your job to somebody else's job, you're acting foolish. Anytime you compare your kids, or your appearance, or your salary, or your talent to somebody else, you're acting foolish. Fools do that. God says, don't compare yourself, you're incomparable, you're unique. I made you to be you, I don't want you to be them. So stop comparing yourself. That will lower the fear of failure in your life. Number six, redefine the meaning of failure. If you wanna get rid of the fear of failure, give it a new meaning. Redefine failure for your life. Not for everybody else's life, but for your life. Think of failure in a new way. Now here's how I want you to think of failure. Failure is not missing a goal that you set. Failure is not missing a goal, failure is not having a goal. You're not gonna make all the goals you have in life, but at least you're trying, and that's a success. Failure is not missing a goal, failure is not having a goal. If you don't have a goal for your life, you are failing in that area because you're just coasting through life. You have no, you're just letting life happen to you. You have no goal. Failure is not being unable to do something. Failure is being unwilling to try. You do your best, you try. And if you're trying and you're doing your best, you're doing it in faith and love, then you're a success. I think it was Lowell who said, uh, it's not failure, but low aim that is the crime. My dad used to always say, son, always aim for the moon even if you hit the fence post. I like that. So if you're aiming for the moon and you only hit right here, well that's okay, but you're aiming for the moon. I would rather attempt to do something great with my life and fail than attempt to do nothing with my life and succeed. And that's where most people are. They aren't doing anything with their life. They're drifting through life. They have no goal. Failure is not not meet, meeting your, your agenda. Failure is not having an agenda, not making the effort, not trying. 
My dad's motto, I heard him say it many times growing up, was this, I'll do the best I can with what I have for Jesus Christ today. I like that. I'll do the best I can with what I have for Jesus Christ today, not tomorrow. That's a pretty good life, life motto. I'll do the best I can with what I have for Jesus Christ today. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith means I'm gonna try. I'm gonna set a goal and I'm gonna go after it. Faith requires taking that risk. If you're doing something in faith, then you're already a success because it's pleasing to God. Whether you reach your goal or not, whether you meet the challenge or not, whether you hit the pinnacle peak or not, is irrelevant. You're doing it in faith, that is pleasing to God. And if what you're attempting is for the glory of God, then you can't be considered a failure no matter what happens. You know, when we started Saddleback, when I started it with Kay, I told the kids, and I told Kay many times in the early years, what I wanted written on my tombstone was four words. At least he tried. <laughs> because the jury was still out. And it wasn't, I wasn't sure if this thing was gonna work or not. And so I said, just put on my tombstone. At least he tried. I had a great goal, great vision, great dream. But it, I may not have reached it, but at least he tried. I can't put that on my tombstone today because now it looked like false humility because it worked. Okay, it worked, we're all here. But in the early days of a project, it's okay for you to say, at least he tried. I'm gonna start this new business, at least he tried. I'm gonna start this new ministry, at least she tried. That is faith. You'd redefine the meaning of failure. I, I, you know, life is a marathon. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 26, according to your faith it will be done unto you. So if, if you have faith, then you're gonna move forward and God's gonna say according to your faith, you get to choose how much I bless your life. But this life is a marathon, it's not a 50 yard dash. And in a marathon, only one person wins. There might be 20,000 people running. People do not run a marathon to get first place, because only one person is gonna get first place. They run a marathon to finish. Just say, I did it, I did it. Life is not a 50-yard dash. You're not gonna be number one in most things in life. Neither am I. There's not gonna be number one. There aren't enough things to be number one in. But what really matters is, did you finish the race? Or did you cop out and quit too soon and coast the latter part of your life? Or did you run hard and fast for Jesus Christ to the day he took you home? That's the question. It, the question is not will you be number one, the question is do you finish the race God put you in? And you can't run anybody else's race either. I want you to hear another story of a family that took risks, stepping out in faith to banish the fear of failure. Would you give a warm welcome to Valerie? Fear is something I'm all too familiar with from early on in my life, from fear of rejection, provision, direction, facing my past pains to not having control over life's unexpected events. At the same time, pushing past my fears with the help of God has been an amazingly terrifying 
frustrating, gloriously wonderful journey. Being a young mom at 16 years old, I was filled with fears for the future, especially with what I was being told by those around me. Much of the statistics of teen moms did not look good for me or my daughter. All of it sounding like a pretty hopeless future. I was introduced to Saddleback Church at 19 years old when I was sitting in the passenger seat of my husband's car driving down Portola Parkway and looking up just, to see in, uh, just in time to see the street sign that said Purpose Drive. My mind quickly went to the book Purpose Driven Life and I turned to see the Saddleback Church signs. I was ecstatic and I thought of the line from Purpose Driven Life that had impacted my own life greatly that went something like, there may be illegitimate parents, but there's no such thing as an illegitimate child. That line gave me hope for the future for my daughter. So immediately, my husband and I attended our first service. We sat as far back as we possibly could for a false sense of security of not being noticed. As we listened to the sermon, it was amazing. And then Pastor Rick said it. He said the line from Purpose Driven Life that meant so much to me. So from then, we started to attend. A couple years go by, and we were regularly attending as a family, and then Saddleback finally sent a member to every nation in the world. I remember that day, watching the video reel on the big screens here at the Lake Forest campus. I remember sitting in my chair in awe of the amazing things our church was doing around the world. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. What was I doing here, just sitting, in this church that does all these amazing things around the wor world for the glory of God. I wanted to be a part of making a difference here, there, everywhere. I prayed the prayer that Pastor Rick said was the most dangerous prayer to pray. Lord, use me. I honestly did not take Pastor Rick's warning seriously, and of course he was right. By that time, I was in my early 20s with two kids. I wanted them to grow up thinking of others and not themselves, so we jumped in and volunteered. Then my family and I felt led to serve globally. We weren't quite sure what it would look like and considered, considered serving long-term as a family in Rwanda. Our family stepped outside of our comfort zone and sacrificed many things during that time. I'm a complete control freak, so the thought of facing the unknown with no line-by-line, minute-by-minute itinerary was scary to me. We knew God was moving, but it was awful not having the whole picture of where, when, or how. So we as a family did what we knew and moved forward. Things started to get even scarier as we stepped out of our comfort zone. To prep us and the kids for a big trip like that, we served on peace trips to Mexico and then the Navajo Reservation. God was confirming with each trip that we went on that we were meant to serve. Each trip brought different fears for us and the kids. We had no idea at the time that we would also be ridiculed by much of my husband's family. My husband even received a very hurtful email from his dad disapproving of all the work we were doing and the goal of the long-term service in Africa. As we continued to pursue God and our service in him, we finally went as a family and served in Rwanda as our own peace team for a short-term three-week trip. It was amazing. It was uncomfortable having to be fast, fluid, and flexible, but it was an amazing experience serving as a family. When we came back from that short trip, it seemed that God had other plans for us that did not include serving long-term over there. 
it was devastating to us that because we had so much training and we had been working for years, selling our home, quitting jobs, moving the kids to accommodate a goal that we, we thought we should be going towards. But of course, God's plans are always better than ours. From stepping out in, um, in faith onto a path that we couldn't see ahead of, step by step, God held our hands, guiding us to be used in ways that we could never have imagined. We've learned so much along the way, and though things didn't go the way that we expected, we have learned to walk each day open to what God has to hold. If we as a family had decided to let fear hold us back from pursuing where God was leading, we would have never experienced the joy of living out our purpose. Because we stepped out in faith, we now have served um, as a family for several years on the Navajo Reservation with my husband and I as co-leaders. I've gone out of my way, um, I've gone out on my own a few times serving at refugee camps in Greece and the Middle East with our Saddleback Relief Ministry. My husband has been called to become a pastor, which is his own journey in battle with fear. And my daughter, who is now 13, stepped out on her own faith journey and went on a trip to Rwanda with a junior high and high school ministry. If you were to tell me many years ago, when I was pregnant with my daughter as a teenager, that this would be my future, I would have thought you were crazy. Our God is bigger than any fear. And he's shown me that if I trust his leading, he turns those fears into a life filled with so much more than I could imagine. Thank you. Fantastic. Okay. So, you say, how do I get started in, in taking risks? Well, just find some place to serve. It doesn't matter where it is. Just find some place to serve, volunteer, start trying out, go, is this me, is this not me, and do that. Now, let me give you the last two. I'll give them to you quickly, just write them down. The seventh step in uh, overcoming the fear of failure is to refocus on God's love for me and others. And both of them are important. I refocus on God's love for me first, how much God loves me, and then I focus on my love for other people. Why? Because love is the antidote to fear. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We're so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Did you know you can start every day with hope and encouragement from Pastor Rick? Well, you can. When you sign up to receive his life-changing daily Bible teaching delivered directly to your inbox. Just go to PastorRick.com and sign up for his free Daily Hope devotional. Don't miss out. Sign up now at PastorRick.com. Rick will be back in just a moment, but first, we've got something truly special to share with you today. If you've ever felt that you're made for something more, if you've ever had a dream that seemed just out of reach, we've got the perfect resource for you. Introducing the brand new Created to Dream Journal by best-selling author and pastor Rick Warren. It's not just any journal. It's your key to unlocking your God-given dreams and purpose. Pastor Rick's wisdom and guidance are now at your fingertips, right there on the pages of this incredible journal. You'll embark on a transformative path to strengthen your faith, stretch your imagination, and expand your horizon. 
The Created to Dream journal includes scripture passages, excerpts from the Created to Dream book, journaling prompts, and thought-provoking activities. It's an experience designed to help you find your unique purpose in life. This journal is perfect on its own or as a companion to the Created to Dream book. Don't miss out on the greatest adventure of your life. Get started on your journey today by requesting your very own copy of the new Created to Dream journal. And we'll send it to you today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people here and around the world. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. That's the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. There's only two days left to get this great resource, so don't wait. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can help support this ministry. If you've been blessed by this message today, here's what I want you to do. Share it. Tell somebody about it. Now, there's a lot of great ways you can share Daily Hope. One of the easiest is by posting it on social media, on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram. But you'll find a share button today next to the message on my website, PastorRick.com. Don't keep the good news to yourself. It's too good to keep to ourselves. We've got to pass it on to others. Thanks for listening today. And join me next time as we continue to look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.